everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Mill Spec Believer Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Ryan McCary, and uh, if you're looking to connect with me on Instagram or Facebook, I'm definitely there and excited uh, to get any messages from you guys, whether that's a critique, whether that's you asking a question and pending what questions come in, maybe I'll dedicate a podcast to it. So anyways, hit me up on either one of those. If you're on Facebook, it's just going to be Millspec Believer with no spaces. And if you're on Instagram, it's going to be mill space spec space believer. So either way, hit me up. Excited to hear from you guys. So let's dive into today's episode. Uh, What are we looking at? You saw the title of the podcast, but obviously we're going to be picking this apart a little bit. So kind of three things. We're going to be looking at preparation. We're going to be looking at enduring hardship which hopefully you prepared for, and then finally debrief. So once once that hardship has occurred, how do you move on? How do you how do you debrief that and, and grow from it? Right? Because we're we're gonna mess up. Things are gonna go wrong. That's life. That's this world. It's broken. But hopefully we can get better from the things that go wrong. Preparation. What context are we looking at here? So Obviously, on the military side of things, like if you are trying to enter a soft or or special warfare type community, the preparation does not begin at that pipeline. (laughs) Like it can't. You'll fail out in a second because you're not prepared, right? Like that is the event. So how do you prepare? How do you prepare for selection? And I think we'll, we'll cross that over a little bit to, to the Christian walk and how, how do you be bold in your squadron, which is like one of the biggest things I'm trying to encourage you guys to do at work, in a squadron, in a company, whatever, fill in the blank. How do you be bold in that place? Well, you got to prepare. You, you, have to, you have to ready yourself for that event. You know, you can't just walk into it, throw up a, a Hail Mary prayer and and hope it goes well right like god can work in all things so if that's ever happened to you you know like god can still bless that and it can still go well i'm not saying it can't i'm just saying if you have the opportunity to prepare for such events you know like take the opportunity and so that's what i want to encourage you guys to do with this um part of the podcast for selection what do you do to prepare to go to this type of selection or pipeline or any of those things? You look at the event itself. What are they going to be making you do there? What types of PT events, uh, what type of go, no go events exist there? You know, like for, for the TACP, uh, officer selection, it was a ruck. It was lots and lots of PT. It was, uh, leadership in the midst of all those things, you know, like not just making it through the events, but who's actually taking the opportunities to lead and to lead well. You you have the test in front of you, basically, before you go. And so you, you kind of know what to expect. I mean, you can YouTube anything nowadays, and there's enough information on social media to where you're going to a selection, you know what's going to take part. Like, obviously, you haven't experienced it yet, but you can have a pretty good idea. So what did we do at UCF when we were getting ready for, for selection? Well, we 
we dedicated time. Like that's, that's the biggest thing, whether you're talking Christian walk, preparing for a selection or anything you're preparing for it, it takes time. Like you have to dedicate time. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're not willing to prepare. You know, that's kind of pretty simple. How do you prepare? You have the test in front of you. You do those things. You give yourself reps at doing those things. So at UCF, like I was saying, we did grass and gorilla sessions. And if you don't know what a grass and gorilla session is, it's basically you getting in full uniform, fatigues, whatever, and having a big old smoke session for for two to four hours. It sucks. You are going to be hot, sweaty, miserable, but you're preparing yourself for those times that you're hot, sweaty, and miserable. You're putting yourself in those shoes so that when you're there, it's not the first time you've been there. And so you're prepared for it, right? Like that's the best way to get good at anything is repetition. And so that's what we did. We, we would get together about once a month on top of all the other, you know, two-a-days or PTs we were doing. And we once a month would get together and do a grass and gorilla session. And it sucked. Thankfully, uh, we had a guy named James who would run it for us. This is a dude who had already been picked up as a combat rescue officer. He'd already gone to selection and made it. And so he was in uh, ROTC with us and he took time out of his day to come smoke us and uh, make our lives suck for a few hours. So that was pretty cool for him to do that for us and make us better and kind of shed some light on, on how we could do better at what we were doing because obviously he had been there. That was really cool. Uh, and we would do the grass and gorilla sessions. We would take turns. There's about five of us who were interested in these types of career fields. So we would all get together and, and someone would get picked to be the team lead. You didn't really know it was going to happen, but James would call you out and be like, Hey, you're leading this event for the day. And so everything's on you when you're at selection if you were the team lead, like it's all on you, whether it goes good or bad, it's on you. And so it's good to get experience in those shoes and it's good to get experience making tough calls because you're flooded with like 50 decisions within about a five minute period. Whenever your team lead at these selections, there's consistent time hacks where cadre is asking you, Hey, you have to complete this task. How long do you need? And geez, like one of the hardest questions, because on one hand you want to shoot for the moon and ask for as much time as you can possibly have. So you can make the time hack. But on the other end, you're like, you, you don't want to ask for too little because then you get screwed. If you don't, if you don't make the time hack, if you miss time hacks, your life will suck. And you'll have additional PT and more of everything. So the pressure's on you to make the right call. So all I'm saying with that is it's good to get experience in those shoes, making tough decisions for your team and trying to take on leadership roles before you're going to an event where you're expected to lead. That, that was one part of it. Uh, I would say the second part of it outside of leadership uh, would be do hard things. What you're trying to do is hard. It's not, it's not easy. Otherwise everyone would be doing it. And it's a really, really sucky time. Honestly, like sure it's five days, 
Maybe maybe you can do anything for five days, but man, that is a long five days of just consistent grind, and it does not feel like five days, believe me. And so while you're there, you you need to have things to reflect on. You need to have things to look back on and basically be able to tell yourself, hey, I've done this. I've done worse than this, maybe even, and I'm fine, and I can press through because I've done this. And and that applies to like even just being in, in the community now and, and being able to look back on the schoolhouse and, and say, nothing will be as worse as X event, you know, just some event that really, really sucked and pushed you mentally. You can look back on that for the rest of your life and push yourself through stuff. And so it's the same thing. You want to develop those things to look back on before you actually put yourself through anything. So what did we do? We, we would make up just awful things so that it would suck. You know, like we do team events. We, we did one event on the track, which I still remember to this day. It was just miserable. Uh, we did a one mile tire flip. So it was this big tractor tire on the track and we had teams it was like three of us on a tire each and so we raced who's gonna hit a mile first around the track so four laps around the track with a tractor tire flipping that thing no no rolling it none of that wow like that was miserable I think my forearms hurt probably for like five days following that so but that was an event that I could look back on and be like dude, I do not care what this cadre smokes me or or does to me, like whatever, like it's not as bad as that tire flip, you know? And so that's all I'm getting at here. Do hard things outside of your comfort zone. I think that's the bigger piece. Be outside of your comfort zone, push yourself that way. Whenever you get to an event you've never seen, you do have these other things to look back on and say, no, I'm ready for this. So how, how does that apply to, let's say, being bold in your squadron? How do you prepare for that? Um, kind of reflecting back to what I said last episode is be in the word, be in prayer. And, and that gives you the bandwidth to process hard things in a way that is going to line up with the Christian faith. You know, so definitely want to piggyback on what I was saying last week about that. But then on top of that, Give yourself opportunities to where you being bold in your squadron or your workplace isn't the first time you're being bold ever, you know, like there are plenty of opportunities for you to test the waters, for you to get better at sharing your faith before you're just trying to do it with one of your best friends, you know, because sharing the gospel with someone you don't know is actually significantly easier than sharing the gospel with someone you really care about, uh, which it, it shouldn't be that way, but that's just kind of how our brain works. We care about what people think, and for whatever reason, there's a stigma amongst Christians to where we're really shy and really scared to go share the gospel. Like, we're there, that's just there. It shouldn't be there, but it is. And so it's easier to tell a complete stranger about Jesus than it is to tell someone you've been living life with for the last few years. Like, why is that? Like, why why are we ashamed of that? We shouldn't be, but we are. And maybe that's another podcast in itself. But so how can we give ourselves 
preparation and, and repetitions at doing this before, like I said, you're talking to your buddy one-on-one. Well, what do you do every day? You eat. You go out to eat a lot of times, and you have waiters. And, and this is something that I experienced from my dad, something he did growing up that I thought was really cool, and it kind of took me off guard the first time he did it. And it takes a lot of waiters or waitresses off guard, but won't you just tell your waiter or waitress that you're a believer, that you're a Christian, and that you pray over your meal, and that you would love to pray for something that they need prayer for? Like, that is just a simple opportunity that you probably experience daily. And that's just a chance to be bold and just say, hey, look, I'm a Christian. I pray over my meal. And um, you might not do that, but we do, and, and we'd like to pray for you. So do you have anything that you need prayer for? Maybe that sounds crazy to you guys. Maybe it doesn't, but it's pretty simple. It, it points to Jesus, and it gives you an opportunity to be praying for somebody. You know, like, dude, whether, like, I've had, I've had experiences doing this, and whether the person's a Christian or not, like, just for them to have someone praying for them means a lot, you know? Awesome opportunity to just take daily um, kind of more extreme option that people might not want to do uh, would be open air preaching and that's basically going out in public giving yourself a chance to talk to complete strangers and just ask if ask where they're at ask where they're at in relation to their faith are, are they Christian are they not why uh, what do you believe you know and and you can get pretty deep pretty quick with some of that stuff but like that's a great opportunity to just go be bold so either one of those I'd say is a great chance to prepare yourself for what you're going to see from your buddy in your squadron because it's tough guys it's it's tough to be bold and to have those conversations it's even tough to figure out who in your squadron is a Christian like (laughs) it shouldn't be this difficult but like there's there's so many times where I'll end up talking to someone I'm like, "Oh, I didn't know they were a Christian." Like, why? Like why is that so hard to figure out as believers? That's like awful. Like that shouldn't that shouldn't be the norm, but it is. Preparation, it's huge. You got to do it both for selection, both for whatever obstacles you're trying to face in life and definitely as a Christian, I think you should prepare your heart for whatever you're about to endure. So second part of that, you're preparing for something. Now you're in it, enduring hardship. How do you do it? How do you make it through these events? What is your motivation for being at this selection? Because at the end of the day, it's all going to boil down to why you want to be there. Your body is going to quit and your brain is going to process quitting. If, if you say it didn't, you're a, you're a liar. Because when you're down in the dumps and things are sucking, there's definitely a moment. At, it, it might happen at any time in the pipeline, might happen at some point in the selection, whatever. There's going to be a moment where your brain's going to process it and you're going to make a conscious decision to keep pressing on. What's your motivation to do that? Because if you don't have a deep motivation for that, then it's going to be pretty easy to quit. The more meaningful the reason, the more you can endure. And like, it's tough. Like your body is going to quit. 
even if you're a stud at PT, you're going to show up there and they're going to keep on doing push-ups or keep on doing suicides or keep on doing burpees, whatever you want, until everyone is completely fatigued and, and their body starts to quit. And in that moment, then they're going to see where you're at as a leader, you know? And that's that's when your brain's going to have to start processing things. So it's going to happen. I Whenever I was at my selection... I had a friend quit and nothing punched me harder in the gut throughout my entire selection experience or pipeline experience than, than my friend quitting like that, that sucked. That was one of the hardest things I had to do to push through. Cause we finished, uh, an event during the selection and we got back to our tent and we were kind of uh, refilling our, our gear and, and making sure everything was good to go before we went out to the next evolution. And my buddy came up to me and he was like, Hey man, like, I think I'm going to quit. Like th- this isn't really for me. I don't really want to be here anymore. And dude, like no hard feelings for that guy, like at all, honestly, but dude, that sucked. Like that was like literally throat choked up. Like, dude, like I did I did not want to be there myself anymore. I was like, do I, do I even want to do this? (laughs) Like all the motivation I had, all the things that I was referring my brain to in those hard moments when my friend quit, I was just like, Whoa, like, wait, what about me? Do I want to do this? I I don't know. I don't know anymore. And you're going to have those moments. So you have to prepare, like I said, but you have to have motivation for being there that runs deep enough to get you through those things. And like I said, my motivation, whenever I was in college, I, my head was in a good headspace spiritually, and, and I was there so that I could be a servant leader in the TACP community, so I could help dudes out, and so I could point them to Jesus. That was a pretty deep motivation for me to not quit during certain events. So that's your motivation for selection, right? But what happens spiritually in the Christian walk when you face hardship? Because while we're talking about a five day period here that you're preparing your body for, but a lifetime of hardship, like there's so many things that happen in our life that can rock our world in a, in a negative way. Um, Family members can die, um, which is really sad, especially if, uh, you're a Christian yourself and maybe they weren't a Christian, like, wow, that's even harder. I can't even imagine. Um, people walk away from the faith. Key, key people in our life walk away from the faith. People who we swore were Christians, people who we swore were, um, were even quote unquote better Christians than ourselves. And they're walking away like what, you know, this happens to people throughout their life. And how do you endure these things? Well, back to what I was saying a second ago, what is your motivation? Why, why do you exist? What, it, what is the point of us being on this earth? And the truth is we exist for the glory of God, period. Like that is the truth. Like he made us to glorify himself. Everything we do is just a part of uh, this redemptive story that ultimately we'll be reunited with him in heaven and singing glory to his name how deep does your spiritual motivation run when, when I'm having a hard time with my family or my wife or or things around me, 
like those things fail me. There's sin in this world. This world is broken and the things around you will fail you. The only solid rock we have is Christ. He is the, he, he has to be our, our motivation, which motivation, I don't even like that term, honestly, when referring to this, because really it's just what's empowering you to do things. And from a selection standpoint, yeah, it's, it's motivation, but from a spiritual standpoint, like it is, it is, what is your foundation? That's a better way to look at it. Is your foundation something surfacy? Is your foundation something worldly or is it Christ? Because like I said, people are going to walk away from the faith. You're going to have you're going to have hard things happen to you, and then ultimately, the daily grind of the world being broken is going to eat at you. It's going to affect you. The world being broken causes pain in your life. In those moments when we're met with pain and hardship, we have to look to Christ. We have to look to God. We have to look to the Scripture. And, and reflect on his goodness and his awesomeness and that he is in complete control and that he is perfect and that his plan is perfect. And if we don't have those things to look to, then ultimately I think we're going to crumble. So final part of this podcast is the debrief. You finish selection, you either got a selected or non-selected decision from the cadre. And what do you do with that? Is that the only information you care about? I would hope that you want to grow either way. You know, I think there's a tendency with some dudes where they not get non-selected and they're like, all right, whatever. I don't want to be here anyways. And they kind of move on with their lives or the opposite. Yay. I got picked up. I got selected. I'm awesome. Good to go. No, like there's always growth either way that can be had. And the people who are going to give you that information, obviously, is the cadre. Ask them. Ask, hey, how could I have done better? What's what's some areas that I struggled in that you noticed? I mean, you're already going to have a pretty good idea what you didn't do a good job at. But it's really tough to gauge because when you're at these selections, like there is games. And I said this last podcast, like there's things that the instructors are going to do to mess with your head and to make you think you're not doing a good job. Whereas you might be doing great, but they're just trying to break you down and and see how you react. So you kind of can't depend on your, how your brain process the week. Like you really need to talk to the cadre and, and figure out how you could have done better. Um, and, and ask a lot of questions because, Dude, those, those things can save you heartache, whether you're going into the soft or special warfare community or whether you didn't get a select and you're just going to go do another job. Like what gets pulled out of these selections is good feedback for life. Like how are you responding to stress? How are you responding to these types of hard things? What's your go-to reaction? You know, like these are all really, really good points of feedback to take away for life. Uh, So I I definitely encourage guys in any training event to debrief so that they can grow and that other people around them can, can learn from their mistakes as well. In relation to the Christian walk, how do you debrief in the Christian walk? Like what's the parallel there, Ryan? I'd say we need to have a daily reflection in the mirror at who we are, 
where we stand before God. And I think being in the word is like looking in a mirror, you know, like the word of God isn't there for you to read it and go, all right, I'm doing this right. I'm doing this right. Oh, I'm doing this right too. You know, like the word of God is there to show you perfection uh, on the one hand, when it's referring to the law, when it's referring to things that, that we are called to do, like, and things that God says we have to do, like that's the law. Those are things that we can take away from it that everyone has broken and look at and go, well, man, I'm screwing all of this up. But I mean, the other parts of scripture is gospel, like in God's redemptive story throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, and ultimately Christ dying on the cross for your sins and uh, resurrecting. And so we can go with him to glory. You know, he intercedes on our behalf before the Father that has to be our daily reflection, the gospel. We have to look at the gospel daily in order to debrief, if you will, our day and and grow from it. The gospel is going to empower all things. And I've I've said that on this podcast before, and I'm going to continue to hammer it because no matter what, our tendency as man in this broken world is to look at yourself to fix things. It's to look at yourself to do things right. Oh, I need to try a little harder. I need to do this a little better. Yeah, you, you probably do, but the power is not within yourself to do those things. It is purely God working on your heart. And we need to look to him to do those things and ask him to do those things and pray to him and just be in the word daily so we know what those things are. First Timothy 1.15 says the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost or another uh, version says worst of this is Paul he's talking about being the worst sinner how how can this guy even say that he is a hero of the faith like if you don't know the story of Paul his name was Saul and he was like a very, very well-known Jew and a very well-practicing Jew, like highest of his class, very young for his age and crushing it in the Jewish faith. He was literally killing Christians over their belief. And Christ gets a hold of his heart, changes his heart, does the work in his heart. Paul didn't look for this to happen. It just happened. He ends up being one of the greatest missionaries of all time, spreading the gospel to all the regions of the current world. He's saying he's the worst of sinners, this hero of the faith. The only reason he can say that is because he has debriefed enough, he has dug into the gospel enough to know that his sin is awful. There is a process that God works on your heart, but when I go to sleep every night and I wake up, my goal is not, oh, I'm going to sin less and less every day. And and when I die, I'm not going to be this completed product that, oh, I get to go to heaven now because I, I stopped sinning as much. The gospel saves us purely. The work of Christ saves us. Anything we do after that is an outwork of God working on your heart because of the work that he already has done through Christ. And the, the works that Christ has done should change our heart and it and it should give us the ability to produce fruit if you will but the fruit that we are producing the the works that are coming are not to save us so hopefully that makes sense 
And, and the biggest takeaway from this is if Paul is saying that he's the worst of sinners, he's only saying that because his sin is so big to him. And I think that's ultimately what happens as we grow in our faith is our sin becomes more and more clear to us and the gospel gets bigger and bigger to us. It's not a daily grind of trying to sin less and less. It's a daily grind of understanding more and more about God and and more and more about how awesome his gospel is because we are going to sin and and we are going to mess up. But we have to look to him and and rest knowing that he has done the full work that is going to grant us salvation in heaven forever. Lots of stuff covered this podcast. Hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully you guys can take this and be encouraged and uh, definitely a little bit of application as well that I threw out there for you guys to incorporate potentially into your day. So let me know how that goes. Uh, Shoot me a message, like I said, on Instagram or Facebook, hit me up and definitely excited to hear y'all's feedback, maybe how those things went and uh, just to connect in general, I'm excited. Have a good one guys. Have a good week and I'll see you next week.